Welcome to the Essay for FAs Asset Allocator Podcast, a series that addresses issues of current interest to financial advisors, including ETFs, asset allocation, and the economy. I'm your host, Gil Weinrich of Seeking Alpha, and today we'll acknowledge blockchain's enormous potential while questioning the opportunity for ordinary investors. We'll get to that in a moment, but first, this word on behalf of our sponsor. A good friend of mine has a dream job working on a very elite team developing what is supposed to one day be the winning blockchain solution that will sweep the world away. Now I happen to have a lot of faith in him and think that if anybody can do it, he can. I will be proud to count him as my friend when he becomes an overnight millionaire. But all of my research into the investing dimensions of this emerging technology did not materialize, as I had hoped, into an allocation recommendation. We internet users often fancy ourselves as clever analysts capable of finding that 10-bagger opportunity that has somehow eluded our peers lacking our advanced Googling skills. But it's not that easy. You can find plenty of breathless fawning over the brave new world that lies ahead of us, but it's just not that clear how that will make us money. There are many candidates for the next big thing, but let's stick with blockchain for the moment. The beauty of this new digital ledger is that it verifies transactions. We all know about waste, fraud, and abuse in government, but they certainly occur routinely in transactions between private parties, such as corporations. If Microsoft, say, pays a vendor, every node in the blockchain across millions of interconnected computers will validate the transaction. If it is invalid, the transaction will be rejected. There's no more he says or she says. We instead have millions of neutral third parties documenting what took place. This should not only eliminate fraud, but save gazillions on lawsuits. According to Ernst & Young, a process that took Microsoft 45 days will be performed in under a minute, and the system will permit secure and regulatory compliant usage. This is all great stuff, but what would make any investor think that one of the publicly traded blockchain microcaps is going to be the one to slay this dragon and take care of the needs of all of the Microsofts out there, not to mention the mega banks and other companies that need secure transactions, which is, of course, all of them. And though the biggest of big companies are also working on blockchain solutions, it's not clear who will win or even how they will win since the one key to making blockchain work effectively for users would be universality, so that all users can access the same data. Who knows, maybe in the end, the FCC will administer this as a public service. I'm not saying there won't be room for private blockchains. All sorts of opportunities and solutions remain possibilities, but there's no easy path to riches. And until these complicated kinks are worked out, Moonshot investors will risk dashing their hopes against the hard rocks of customers, cash flow, and profits, or lack thereof. In contrast to blockchain, marijuana stocks, or other trendy areas with great growth potential, some investors are coming to appreciate the old-fashioned virtues of quality. In a recent investment symposium in London, two investment analysts from research affiliates, Jason Sue and Vitaly Kolesnik shared some of their research into the quality factor in the corporate finance literature. Turns out that profitability, conservative investment, conservative issuance, and conservative accounting practices are reliable signals of long-term outperformance. The ordinary investor mind tends to think of an investment in blockchain as exotic, but what is really rare, and I mean really, really rare, 
is a CEO who shows restraint in reinvesting his firm's money, despite the fact that he could easily raise cash because the company's already got a lot of cash, strong earnings, and a quality business, but its leader just happens to lack the desire for empire building. Sue and Kolesnik acknowledge that profitability-related metrics are currently expensive related to their own history, so now may not be the best time to add ExxonMobil, Coca-Cola, or Pepsi-Cola to your portfolios. But after a very long bull market, when the bubble in wishful thinking tends to expand the most, now is a good time to set one's mind on what is really rare, which is quality, value, and durability. Thanks for listening. If you found this podcast useful, please consider passing it on to one other advisor. Also feel free to contact me at gill at seekingalpha.com if you have feedback or requests. This is Seeking Alpha's Gil Weinrich.